Happy Monday, ladies and gentlemen. What's going on? It's Kyle Henderson of BamaInsider.com. Thank you for listening to the BamaInsider.com podcast right here on BamaInsider.com. Appreciate you guys listening wherever you get your podcasts or if you're a subscriber on YouTube. How I usually break up my podcast is in a 3-2-1 format. Three things I learned. Two questions, one prediction. Of course, you can get all the action back at BamaInsider.com. What a fantastic recruiting cycle this has turned out to be for Nick Saban. We continue to talk about recruiting on BamaInsider.com. You can read about Damon Payne, the latest Alabama commitment to jump on board. And that was on Sunday, July 26th. Great coverage from the staff at BamaInsider.com. The first thing I learned is, number one, Damon Payne is on board. A six foot five, 300 pound defensive tackle, the number one player from the state of Michigan has elected to go to Tuscaloosa, Alabama after his senior season. Somebody said it best on Twitter, said Jim Harbaugh is getting paid $8 million to have the best player in the state of Michigan go to Alabama. I thought that was fantastic. Um, You know, that's a great point. Think about, you know, what Michigan football is, what Michigan football wants to be. And Alabama is everything that a lot of programs want to be. So Landon Damon Payne, he is the second defensive tackle in the class of 2021. And he joins Anquin Barnes, who's another defensive tackle out of the home state of Alabama. So Alabama now with two defensive tackles. And we talked with Andrew Bone a little bit more about um, the defensive line targets. And if you want to catch that, go to our YouTube video or listen to our last podcast where we kind of break down who's next at that defensive line position. Could it be Shamar Turner? I know he's a big time prospect out of the state of Texas. I think when you look at a player like Damon Payne, I know he's a five-star type prospect and he brings so much to the table. And I think it, it just shows that Alabama wants athletic Defensive linemen, athletic defensive tackles, guys that can get after the quarterback, guys that can stop the ball carrier in the backfield. Damon Payne is just that. I think one of the guys that he's a little bit comparative, in my opinion, is a Christian Barmore type guy who a lot of people expect a lot from during the 2020 season. Um, A guy who really plays with a lot of fire. And if you watch Damon Payne's highlight tape, you see that he's jumping around. He's getting after the quarterback. He's athletic enough to play that guard position on the offensive line at the high school level. So you want a guy who brings that athleticism to Alabama. Now, when we look at his recruitment, it was Charles Huff. And just like Andrew Bone talked about, Charles Huff is having a fantastic recruiting cycle in 2021. He wears the title associate head coach at Alabama. He coaches the running backs. He's Landed some of the biggest prospects from the state of Florida. Lands the number one prospect from the state of Michigan. Charles Huff is doing a fantastic job at Alabama. And um, you will see how he can close out. I mean, there's still some big guys left in this class that could jump on board with Alabama to continue and to to cap off this tremendous recruiting class. You look at the fact that Alabama right now has 16 committed prospects. How many could they take? We've spoken about that to Andrew Bone. And it looks like Alabama could take as many as 27 guys in this class. It's going to be a really big class. So um, there's still a ways to go in the recruitment of these young men. So thank you for staying with us right here on BadmanInsider.com. How about the month of July? And this is the second thing that I've learned. 
um, Alabama is having just a tremendous month in recruiting. People are saying it's the greatest month that Nick Saban has ever had at Alabama. Think about that for a second. All the recruiting classes, all these guys that have been, you know, committed to Alabama, and this particular month is the greatest month. All right, so let's rewind. July 26th, that's on Sunday, just yesterday, Damon Payne jumps on board, as we talked about. Number one player in the state of Michigan, right? Back on July 19th, Terrence Ferguson, Rivals.com four-star. Offensive tackle, six foot four, three hundred pounds. Alabama's first commitment from the state of Georgia. I've heard he's actually Alabama's top target on the offensive line position. People really like this guy and what he brings to the table. I'm curious to see if he transforms to a guard or to a tackle at the next level. But T. Ferguson, very very talented. Tommy Brockemeyer, James Brockemeyer, those two young men, the twins out of Texas, committed on July 17th. Tommy Brockemeyer, a five-star, rated as the number three overall player from the state of Texas. Six-foot-six, 300-pound tackle. James Brockemeyer, four-star. Rivals.com, top 250. 34th-ranked player in the state of Texas, all right? This is towards the later part of July. We keep it going. Kendrick Blackshire, July 14th, committed to Alabama. Six-foot-two, 250-pound Inside linebacker. Dude is completely jacked, right? Rated as the number one player from the state of Texas. So there was a time period where the, there was three commitments in a row from the state of Texas. Alabama is not letting these this situation going on with the country stop them from recruiting the top prospects in the country. I mean, and I've talked about this before, and I'm going to talk about this again. I think this is a year where the brand certainly sells itself. Obviously, Nick Saban sells the program better than anybody else that could on the staff. But when you guys, when you have assistant coaches like Sarkeesian, Charles Huff, Sal Sinceri, Pete Golding, Carl Scott, Jeff Banks, Holman Wiggins, these guys are doing a fantastic job recruiting these young men. Add on the new addition, Freddie Roach is coaching the defensive line. That was a big pickup for Freddie Roach yesterday as well, along with Charles Huff. It was Charles Huff who recruited Damon Payne along with Freddie Roach. Freddie Roach is a new addition. All right, so we're, we're just in the middle of July. Kadarius Calloway, July 8th, he committed to Alabama. He's out of the state of Mississippi. If you looked at Kadarius Calloway's highlight tape, dude was like a 4-3 corner. He could be a sleeper prospect in this class as we go forward. You also look at Dallas Turner, who really started off this month in July Coming to Alabama on the first, six foot four, two hundred and fifty pound outside linebacker out of Fort Lauderdale, Florida. So as you look at this month of July, you have several big time prospects that jumped on board from key pipeline recruiting states: Florida, Texas, Georgia, Michigan, and the next door neighbor, Mississippi. Right, all these guys jumping on board and making sure this class stays tops. Alabama, what they've done overall, the coaching staff has been phenomenal during the month of July. Okay, the third thing that I've learned during this later part of July is that Alabama has started practice. Yes, Alabama has started official football workouts in the Malmore facility where they got the new locker rooms. Alabama started their first practice last Friday, and also had a practice on Saturday. 
Now, all of these practices are currently closed. So there's no media attending these events. There's very few people attending these practices besides the players and the coaches because for obvious reasons, they want to keep, um, you know, social distancing guidelines. And um, that's fine. So um, nuggets are going to be slim, but there are a few nuggets to deliver. Now, from what I've heard, I'm hearing that a lot of the freshmen are a little bit behind where they're supposed to be. And that makes complete sense. I mean, think about it. Alabama freshmen usually come in during the month of January. So that means they're going to get the fourth quarter program. And what happened during this fourth quarter program? Well, Scott Cochran left, right? So there was a transition period with the new strength and conditioning coaches that also led into spring football. Well, did Alabama have spring football? No, Alabama didn't have spring football. They didn't, they didn't have one practice. They were supposed to start on a Friday, and then that Friday practice got postponed until this past Friday. So that means all those freshmen didn't have the spring practice to learn the system, understand the concept of being at the college level. They didn't have that opportunity to work against the best. Spring football is a vital component for these freshmen. And this will be the first season that Alabama's freshmen, and of course all the other programs, but we're talking Alabama right now, that they didn't have that spring period to, to really figure things out. I mean, we, in the past, we've seen some of these freshmen freshmen really step, step up and stand out during that freshman time. I mean, look, just a couple seasons ago during his freshman year, um, John Mechie was the 8 MVP. I believe Jerry Judy was the 8 MVP. So a lot of these freshmen really cut their teeth during that spring period. So for them not to have that, it makes perfect sense for these guys to be behind at this current point. Now, Alabama and the rest of college football is going to have a couple more practices before they go into fall training camp. So maybe this time period could be a time for these freshmen to get expedited into the system to start learning a little bit more about where they stand, about, you know, I, and I don't think it's a terminology deal because most of these players understand the playbook, understand what they're supposed to do. I think it's just understanding that they're going against the top level competition in the country, right? Could you imagine being a freshman who just arrived in the summertime um, and then going up against a uh, returning starter, Alabama? I mean, I get it. The best want to play against the best, but it's going to take an adjustment period for some of these freshmen to get acclimated to the system. Now, everybody wants to ask about Bryce Young. I have a couple nuggets on Bryce Young that I'll deliver in just a minute. But I think overall, um, there's a lot of these freshmen that are a little bit behind just because they missed out on the springtime. I think overall, from what I've heard, there's been great energy, a lot of leadership, especially from that offensive line. And that's not surprising. I mean, look at the guys that are coming back from the offensive line. Alex Leatherwood, Landon Dickerson, Evan Neal, Deontay Brown. Looks like Emil Igior could step up at the guard position. So a lot of these guys up front are veteran experience. When you look at Alabama's offense overall, we got a great piece on BamaInsider.com talking about the offensive depth chart. The offense that is returning for Alabama, I feel it's the top offense in the country. Prove me wrong about that. So much talent returning on the offensive side of the football. And that's not where my questions are when I think about Alabama. I've talked about this before. All my questions are on the defensive side of the ball. I've also learned, because a lot of people ask me about this. I've heard that Trey Sanders has looked phenomenal. I've heard that what really makes him dynamic is his ability to catch the football out of the backfield. 
And I get that. And that, that doesn't surprise me because he's such a great athlete and did such a great job at the IMG Academy. And I think that's going to play well because you have Najee Harris who did the same thing during his junior season. And Najee Harris obviously is going to be the bell cow this year for Alabama. You also have Brian Robinson. I'm curious to see how Alabama uses Brian Robinson. But I think Trey Sanders is a guy who certainly can get onto the field and make an impact for Alabama this year. So a lot of questions have been on Trey Sanders. And let me tell you, from what I've heard, Trey Sanders is doing just fine. Two questions. And the first is, who will be Alabama's breakout player on the offensive side of the ball? And if you want to look at the offensive depth chart on BamaInsider.com, pull up the page and go to the front page. Uh, Tony Sukalis, our team writer, has a great breakdown of Alabama's depth chart going into the 2020 season. And when you talk breakout players for Alabama's offense, I mean, it, I mean, like I said earlier, there's there's a lot of veteran experience coming back. So in my opinion, this is this is easy for me when I look at the offensive side of the ball and I talk breakout players. I think without a doubt, it's going to be John Mechie. John Mechie is a guy who will play the wide receiver Z position at Alabama. Behind him, probably Javon Baker. And think about Alabama's top three receivers. You have Devontae Smith, returning veteran. You have Jalen Waddle, and you have John Mechie. John Mechie is a guy who could have played anywhere in the country last season. This year he returns, and I think he's very dangerous. I think he's going to create mismatches. He's not a big wide receiver by any means. Um, I think he's you know more the size of Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle. But those guys aren't undersized because they play bigger than what their size actually is. I think John Mechie could have a breakout year. I think he could be a guy who catches 50 balls. I think he could be a guy who catches 10 touchdowns. I think he's going to be very dependable. Entering his sophomore year, John Mechie third, someone who is very dangerous, and I think everybody knows. And I guess if I had to choose a second breakout player, I think it would be Jalil Billingsley, the tight end position. As a sophomore, I think this guy coming into this season um, could be someone who's very special, very dynamic. Alabama, in my opinion, doesn't have a dynamic wide, a dynamic tight end like Billingsley, right? They had they added um, Carl Edwards, who's a tight end. They have Major Tennyson. They have Miller Forrestal. Miller Forrestal, I guess, is a guy who would be that next wide receiver type. Um, they also have Cameron Latou still at the tight end position, but I think Jalil Billingsley is a guy who can certainly create mismatches just because of his size. I like those guys that are tight end wide receiver type hybrids where you can move uh, Billingsley to the outside, right? Imagine moving him to the outside and having to deal with Mechie, Waddle, Devontae Smith, right? That sounds like a nightmare for a defensive coordinator. Who's your offensive breakout player during the 2020 season? Let me know in the comment box. All right, this is my second question, and this revolves around what to expect from Bryce Young in season one. Now, I said earlier that I had a little bit of intel on Bryce Young, and, you know, the, the dude completely balled out at the high school level. The, the first couple of months for Bryce Young being here, I think the only transition for him, from what I've heard, has really been the adjustment to the humidity. Everything else is, you know, pretty much ready to go. I mean, you're talking about a high-level individual, somebody who has been groomed, somebody who has been prepped mentally, athletically to compete at this level. I think, obviously, Bryce Young had options. Could have gone to USC, could have been, been the man at USC. But I think one thing that Bryce Young really wanted to accomplish was to play against the best, play in the national spotlight to help 
his teammates compete for a national championship. This young man's coming in to play. Just like everyone has said right here on BamInsider.com, everyone's going to agree with this, Bryce Young's going to play this year. Now, I don't think he's going to start, and I think it reverts back to Alabama not having spring period. But it's not a talent thing. I mean, this guy is ready to play. If he is called on, Bryce Young is certainly going to step up and do his thing. He's too dangerous not to. I cannot wait to see what he can do with these wide receivers that Alabama has. I cannot wait to see what he does with the future wide receivers that Alabama is recruiting. Ajay Hall, Ja'Cory Brooks, Christian Leary. Those guys want to come and play with a quarterback as dynamic as Bryce Young. So I don't think it's going to be will Bryce Young play. And nobody's really asked that. It's about when he's going to play. Because I think it's almost impossible for him to earn that starting position going into the season, being that it didn't have a springtime. And I think that Mac Jones is a capable quarterback enough with enough talent that he can lead Alabama to be successful early in the season. So it, it might not ever become Bryce Young's job this year, in my opinion. But that doesn't mean he's not going to play, and that doesn't mean that he's not going to make a statement about what's to come for Alabama at the quarterback position. I think he's too talented to sit, just like you guys. And I think he's going to play, and I think he's going to be very productive. And I think we are all super excited to see what he brings to the table. But let's give him time. Let's give all these freshmen time. Think about all the expectations that we put on these freshmen that are five stars, four stars, whatever the case, when they're coming in. We expect them just to jump in and be that dynamic right away. It takes time. It takes time at Alabama. It takes time at Clemson. It takes time at Georgia. It's going to take time for these freshmen to hone in on their craft, find their place on this team, understand where they are in the pecking order, and then move forward and do what they're supposed to do. Um, one prediction, right? And, and if you're listening to my show, I, I break it down. I said earlier in the show, I break it down. Three things I learned, two questions, one prediction. In my, I'm, my prediction, I'm sticking with the offensive side of the ball. And this is an easy prediction for me. I think Alabama is going to have the most dangerous offense in America. And I think I said that earlier in the show. I mean, how could they not, right? I mean, think about all the talent coming back. I've already said that I feel that Najee Harris is the best running back in the nation. Mac Jones did just fine last season. He has so much talent around him. I feel it's a plug-and-play type season. Um, you look at the guys at the running back position as well. Brian Robinson, Trey Sanders. Look at how deep the running back position is. Killen Robinson, Jace McQuellen, Roydell Williams, Kyle Edwards. It's unbelievable. The wide receivers coming back. Tons of experience. John Mechie, Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle, Other guys in the pipe. Javon Baker, Xavier Williams, Slade Bolden. The tight end position. Carl Edwards joins the team. Miller Forrestal returns for his redshirt senior season. Jalil Billingsley coming back for his sophomore season at the tight end position. And I think it all starts with the offensive line, just as I mentioned. Look at the starters. Alex Leatherwood, left tackle. Emil Ikior, left guard. Landon Dickerson at the center position. Right guard, Deontay Brown. Right tackle, Evan Neal. Name a better offense in America. You can't. This offense has veteran leadership, has talent at every single position, has a quarterback who knows the system, and most importantly, has an offensive coordinator who understands how to get the football to their best players. Steve Sarkeesian, I thought, did a fantastic job as an offense coordinator under Nick Saban. 
I think with him coming back, and that's something that we haven't talked enough about, is the fact that a lot of these coaches are coming back. Think about all the continuity that the offense have had, that the offense has. This is something that Nick Saban hasn't had in several seasons is a returning offensive coordinator. I don't know how long Steve Sarkeesian is going to be here. I would assume that he's a head coach eventually. But to have Steve Sarkeesian coming back for the 2020 season with this arsenal of weapons on the offensive side of the ball, this is the most dangerous offense in all of college football. Whoever's going to be Alabama's week one opponent, I feel bad for them. Because this offense is going to score and score at will. Too much talent across the board. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the podcast today. You can listen to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen on YouTube. I know we have a great community on YouTube. Please thumbs up. Please like. I know um, there's a lot of you out there that listen to the podcast, so I sincerely appreciate all your feedback. You can catch us Tuesday night for our recruiting show with Andrew Bone. Huge month of recruiting, as you know, with Damon Payne jumping on on Sunday. I'm coming to you from beautiful Tuscaloosa, Alabama. I hope you have a tremendous week. I will catch you soon. I will catch you next time on the BamiInsider.com podcast. Have a great week. Let's be productive. And we'll catch you next time right here on BamiInsider.com.